Welcome back, everybody. With Santa Brian, this is now the maiden's voyage of the newly named Nutrition and Health with Dino and Bino. What's the crack with you, Bino? All right, Dino. Yeah, I'm Bino. He's Dino. Together, we do nutrition and health. That's what you're in for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we, we needed to change the name on that, to be fair. Um because it just wasn't making sense the way it was for the Dean McAloon nutrition podcast. Mm. Um, there's still more Dean's podcast for sure. Cause he'll do a few solo episodes. high. but um, mm. yeah, uh, we're happy with the, the name. <clears throat> uh, we probably could have gone around in circles for years trying to decide on a name. So just went yeah, with that I, one. I, I still own a hundred percent of the shares of the podcast. So I just want to make that clear. Um. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I currently have uh, COVID, so I'm uh, isolating. Uh, the day is Saturday, the 9th of July. Um, mm. So I'm hoping to be out of isolation tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, yeah. This is we'll your see. second time getting it? Third time? Second time, got it for Christmas. Um, and then, yeah, this is my second time getting it. To be honest, I just thought I had a cold um until i took mm. a test so I, I couldn't distinguish it from a, a cold so yeah it kind of it yeah. feels a lot different this time than it did previously previously i didn't have much symptoms but i lost my taste and smell briefly and then i was just super fatigued for like a week um yeah like like properly bad energy levels which in fairness i've, I've felt that way the last couple of days and i've slept like 10 hours the last couple of nights which is a segue into our actual topic of today. So mm-hmm. we've been promising the people that we'll do a full podcast on sleep because we always refer to it a little bit in the um, case study episodes and then say, yeah, no, no, we'll do it. we need to do a full episode on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so here it is. So now we're doing it. So now we're yeah. doing it, yeah. But again, as always, people already know that <clears> because of the title that they clicked into. So it's, so it's not like some big reveal that like, ooh, today's podcast is going to be um unless we start just putting titles up and they're bluffing it's like yeah. mystery podcast number one it's like what are you gonna get is yeah. it is it actual it, it is useful information or is it just brian and dean talking absolute nonsense for for an hour you don't know until you click so yeah you wouldn't know because like you talk nonsense for at least a few minutes so it's just really a question of like how long does that run on for and do we ever get into mm. something useful you know mm. Mm. maybe we should do that keep people on their toes yeah well, anyway, so sleep is topic of conversation today. Um, there's, it's it's a really complicated topic in that the science is still emerging around like why we sleep, what happens when we sleep. Um, but in terms of like its application to what you find people that, that are listening to this actually want to get out of it, there are a few you know relatively simple things that you can do um, to really get sleep. To where you want it to be and so that it's optimizing your health and your health body performance shall we say as a kind of a trifecta um so we'll just kind of go through a little bit of a primer on kind of sleep why it's important um the important aspects to be thinking about when it comes to good sleep hygiene um things that will negatively impact your sleep things that will have positive effects on your sleep in terms of habit change um, 
and then we can just kind of wrap it up from there. So, um, Brian, you fire away. I don't know what specific topic inside this um, conversation you want to start on, but um, I'll let you run it from here. Yeah, I suppose we should just talk a bit firstly about, you know, why is why is sleep important? And, like, it's not, not the kind of thing that you're not going to go up to anybody in the street and you're saying, you know, hey, how do you, how do you feel after you've been, like, had a great night's rest? And it's like, no one ever is going to say, like, oh, I feel like shit. Um, so I think everybody intuitively knows that getting enough sleep is good for them mentally, physically. It kind of just makes, I would say, look, it just makes your, your life better. It makes, it makes everything run better. Um, yet it is something that we don't prioritize, like, uh, as a standard. Like, I think, I think it can be more common for people to maybe, you know, yeah, okay, get on board with training, right? That maybe is the easiest thing for people to do consistently and then it's like all right maybe they get their nutrition in order and then sleep usually comes at the end of the line um if we're just looking at those three kind of larger health pillars um which is a shame because it can have such a benefit and such far-reaching effects to literally everything that you do you know um it's interesting like you said like the kind of what would you call it the neurobiology of sleep is as you said not not actually that well understood um yeah. it's it's like if, <laughs> when we we're preparing for this podcast i jokingly said to dean so dean what actually is sleep um and we, the truth is you know i said that jokingly because we don't actually really know what what sleep is um but sorry do you want to say that? no i was just i was going to say and there's, there's also seems to be a lot of um certain people that are what would you say that are supposedly experts in the science of sleep and you know they write books and they write content related to sleep that actually have um you know not a large scientific basis um matthew walker's why we sleep there is a there i can't remember specifically the the guy that done a sort of a, a breakdown of sort of the the scientific uh, errors that he makes in that book but it's basically a whole post of like here's why this is wrong here's why this is wrong here's why this is wrong or potentially why that is an exaggeration of what actually goes on so you know even the guys that are supposedly you know experts you know it, it can be hard to sort of discern if um if they really are that um because like you know, that in any is, field though yeah exactly you know um and it is very much still emerging and it's it's kind of like it is a mystery in some capacity, but one thing that I find very interesting is it's, you know, in terms of mammals with nervous systems, it's like something that we all do, you know, like mm. most uh, mammals with nervous systems and brains, um, they need to do this thing where we just sort of like, you know, turn ourselves off for seven or eight hours, basically, um, and go into this state of unconsciousness. Um, so it's very interesting. And obviously, you know, to say, it's uh, everyone that's listening to this has had plenty of experience sleeping. So we know what it's like um, when you don't have a good night's sleep versus when you do. Um, and as you were saying, like it just, it just affects everything else. And it's going to, it's either going to set your day up really well or not so well, depending on um, how well you slept. Like, and that's why we put folks on it. Yeah. It's uh, it can be a real game changer for people in terms of, anything they're trying to achieve really because just like i said everything just gets better when you're sleeping properly um so whatever goals you have 
they're more than likely going to be assisted by getting an improve, getting on top of your sleep and, and making sure it's in a good place. Unless you're trying to set a record for most hours without sleep, then it's not going to help. But in mm. most other situations, yes. Um, like we, we can go through some of the functions of sleep, I guess. Um, like I said, we don't, we don't, the, the sleep scientists don't understand it perfectly, but there are some things it seems to do. And as you said, Dean, every, every mammal, the nervous system seems to need to do this for, you know, a quarter, a third of their life or give or take, you know, obviously some, some animals sleep less than others, but for us, it's, you know, roughly a third of our lives um, would be ideal, you know, to spend asleep. Um, obviously some people are not getting that much and that's what we're going to kind of talk more about, but, um, yeah, I suppose one of the, one of the main functions of sleep seems to be that it kind of, ah, uh, it's, it cleans out the brain in a large, so, you know, you're awake during the day, your brain is constantly doing things, it's building up waste products from doing those things um and it seems that one of the functions of sleep is like all right gonna stop doing a lot of that stuff and then the the waste products are it's like sending in a cleaning crew uh for your brain throughout the night um and you know this this seems to be relevant in, in things like you know uh, amyloid plaque formation right in, in the brain that's relevant to things like alzheimer's dementia um so you know it's obviously obviously this kind of cleaning that goes on overnight is important and there's lots of other uh, hormonal systems that to benefit from this as well um do you want to add something in there Dean? another one we've got the, the the cleaning aspect yeah so one thing that's interesting i suppose because a lot of people that's going to be listening to this podcast they're going to care quite a bit about building muscle um mm. improving their body composition uh, improving their performance and one thing that's very interesting is when you're in the sleeping state, you're primarily in an anabolic state. So anabolism is occurring inside your body. And that's what you want. You want uh, this state of anabolism to essentially help recover and repair um, and make you you grow. And, you know, from a muscle building perspective, gain muscle, gain strength, um, et cetera. Um, and this is primarily this, the state that you are in <clears throat> when you're sleeping. And this is why it's so, so key Um if you're trying to build muscle, if you're an athlete, then you're sleeping well because you're essentially in this state where your body is going to be recovering at a much greater capacity versus whenever you are awake. Um, and again, as Brian says, there's, there's this kind of, there's that cleaning aspect of things as well. Um, there's also a lot of emotional regulation that occurs whenever you're sleeping. So um, one thing that I'm sure you've noticed, like if you have a bad night's sleep, you are going to hand, not handle stress and stressful right. situations, challenging situations, challenging emotions as well versus if you have had a good night's sleep. And this is kind of, it's, it's, it's a, it can be a vicious cycle in sometimes for people in that they're stressed and that affects their sleep and then they get a shitty yeah. sleep and then that stresses them out even more. And, you know, so this is kind of where the impairments to one's sleep that occurs and then this sort of impairments to one's health and then that impairs your sleep. This is kind of like the, the cycle that people get into um, and it can be a real problem. Um, but yeah, can you get getting back to this sort of thing of emotional regulation? There does seem to be a large portion of that that occurs as well. So, you know, if you want to think of it, like when you're sleeping, your body is just really sort of getting itself 
in cleaning mode and repair mode. Um, trying to organize memories is, is another one as well. Memory consolidation, as it's called, um, which is another reason why, you know, when this is actually quite interesting in terms of when you are trying to learn a new skill or if you're studying for exams, one of the best things that you can do is, is actually kind of to practice the skill or learn the thing you're trying to learn relatively close to when you're going to bed, because then the, the connections that's kind of made inside your brain between the neurons are strengthened um, by the act of sleeping. Because again, of these kind of recovery, cleaning, memory consolidation processes that occur when you're in this restful, um, restful state. Um, and again, there is these different stages of sleep, which we can kind of briefly touch on. Um, and at those different stages, some of these different things will have a pr more predominant effect or more or a lesser effect. Um, but yeah, before I move on to any of that, Brian, is there, is there anything else that you want to add based on kind of some of the stuff that I said in terms of sleep's functions? Um, not really. I think I think the kind of anabolic nature of sleep is important, and that kind of just extends to you know recovery. Um, and like you said the memory consolidation and the, everything again it just extends to everything right so if you basically want to be like the highest functioning best performing happiest version of yourself it makes sense to have your sleep in order um and we'll, we'll talk about you know how much sleep is is too much and how much is too little um you know because there, there is such thing as too much as well as too little but yeah, you hear lots of anecdotes about this sort of stuff. Say, like, one that I'm familiar with, you know, LeBron James claims to sleep 12 hours a night or something like that, right? And he is, you know, probably the best basketball player ever. Um, and he has maintained his status as, like, <clears throat> one of the best, if not the best, in the league for, like, <clears throat> 16, 17, 18 seasons now. Um just continually, like I think he had his highest points per game averaged last last season, right? Which is crazy. And it's like you look at the other people who came in with, in his draft class, um, and they're they're either retired or you know their roles on their respective teams are very very different than when they were like superstars. But LeBron yeah. is still a superstar. Um, yeah. <clears throat> now, obviously, that is a lot of that is not down to him sleeping 12 hours a night. Like a lot of that yeah. is just down to his genetics, how much time and money he spends on his, uh, maintaining his, his performance. But you do hear interesting anecdotes like that, you know, in terms of the top performers in the world, they, they seem to get, uh, enough sleep. Um, yeah, obviously not in all cases, but then where they don't, it seems to have repercussions for them down the line. You know, they mm -hmm. have, mental illness set in and things like that so um no i don't think there's anything else uh, i want to add necessarily to in terms of sleep's functions um again i think it's just something intuitively that that people know it's like you know basically you want to be the healthiest like i said already you want to be the healthiest happiest highest performing version of yourself then then sleep is a, is a big piece of that puzzle right yeah 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 i think there's a, there's a good saying because like obviously we're going to talk about caffeine in this conversation it always occurs but you know People talk about, oh, caffeine's a performance enhancer, da, 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 da. And I always say, well, you know, no matter, there's no dose of caffeine that can be a better performance enhancer than a good night's sleep or consistently good night's sleep. So that's kind of why, uh, as I say, we'll talk about kind of caffeine's effect on sleep later on, but 
you know, if you're sort of uh, using caffeine and then it's affecting your sleep, you kind of have things a little bit twisted because sleep is definitely, um, you know, if, if you're doing it correctly, everything is going to be set up so well. Um, and of course, if you're not doing it correctly and it's impaired, the opposite is true. And you're, you're just not going to have as, as nice of a time. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of go into, um, I think a nice place to go now is the three main considerations that I make whenever I am working with a client um, when it comes to their sleep. So we do track um, sleep with clients. Now, there's a variety of different ways that you can do this. The, the bog standard version that we would use on our sheets anyway would be a sort of subjective sleep quality. Um, on a scale of one to 10 and then sleep in terms of hours. Now that's kind of only really the starting point. Some clients will track their sleep using the tech. So, um, you know, if it's a, an aura ring or if it's a Fitbit or if it's the sleep cycle app on their phone and there's some data to be used from there, accuracy level of those of those devices is not you know, perfect in the same way that like, you know, a lot of the wearable tech is, but it, it's at least giving us more data um, to use. Um, and again, there are some more considerations around why that might actually have a negative effect, but I'll talk about those in a moment. Um, but yeah, so we would use kind of the subjective measures. The technology can be used sometimes the devices. I may also use a sleep journal with some clients as well. So this is basically whereby they would be, you know, tracking what time they went to bed at, um, kind of how long they felt it took them to get to sleep how uh, refreshed did they feel upon waking? What time did they, they wake up at? So they're basically a, a tiny little notebook beside their bedside and they write all this information down and we sort of try and see right across a week, across two weeks, is there any patterns that, that we can notice here? Um, now, again, the key metrics that you want to be thinking about if you decide to look at your sleep a little bit more intently to try and get it into a better place is the sleep hours. So this is really, really important. The, the number of hours that you are sleeping. Um, and this is not the number of hours that you're in bed because if you hop into bed, and watch Stranger Things for two hours, um, that doesn't count as, as being asleep, right? So you need yeah. to actually have fallen asleep um, and then basically stayed asleep or, or close to that. Maybe you might wake up once in the night, um, but stayed asleep consistently um, and then you wake up and then you sort of, you, you, you glean the number of hours from that. And the number of hours will vary across your lifespan. So obviously babies are going to sleep a little bit more. Teenagers sleep a right bit, but then as you kind of get into, you know, your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, we seem to progressively sleep a little bit less. Um, again, there is inter-individual variation there as well. Some people sleep more, some people sleep less. But generally speaking, seven to nine hours for your average adult uh, seems to be the sweet spot. Jocko Willink may tell you that he sleeps five hours a night or six hours a night. The chances are you're not Jocko Willink. You don't have his genetics. And the chances are maybe that that might not, not even necessarily be good for Jocko. But again, yeah. um, I'm not going to give out to him for that because he probably kicked my ass. Um, so seven to nine hours, that's kind of the, the sweet spot with your sleep. Um, research seems to back that up as well. Um, as Brian said, uh, you can go beyond that. And it's not necessarily a good thing as well. Like generally, generally if you are suffering with... Um, depression or some other medical issue, whether that's sort of a mental illness or potentially even a physical illness. Some people will kind of sleep 10, 11, 12, 13 hours a day, and this is not necessarily a good thing. So seven to nine hours seems to be the, the sweet spot there. 
Second thing then is your, is your sleep quality. So as I was saying there earlier, if you are waking up in the middle of the night, um, if you are, you know, if it's like you're waking up two or three times in the night, um, and that's kind of consistently breaking your sleep, then that is going to interfere with your with your sleep quality. And that can be for a variety of reasons. Maybe you know you're using too many stimulants. Um, maybe you again some sort of psychological issue could be creating these sleep disturbances. Uh, maybe the temperature in your room is too hot. Maybe there's too much noise outside. Maybe you have a baby uh, in the house, which is obviously you know, these are kind of that's the type of consideration that you just sort of have to deal with, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but I suppose that's just the, the joys of parenthood. Um, but these are going to be things that are going to affect your sleep quality. Um, whereas if, you know, high sleep quality would be, I slept, I basically didn't even hardly notice myself falling asleep, slept right through and essentially woke up without an alarm. If you, if your sleep looks like that and you get seven to nine hours of sleep, like that's kind of like the gold standard. Um, whereas, you know, if you're kind of getting broken sleep, you don't feel refreshed upon waking, it takes you a long time to get to sleep. Um, then these are all indications that your sleep is not in a good place and it would need some, some work. Um, even if you are allotting nine hours to get, you know, the, those hours of sleep um, as well. Third consideration then is consistency. And this is really, really key because it's very, very tempting to sleep more at certain parts of the week say for example if you're off on the weekend but this is an important consideration because our bodies like to stick to a relatively similar pattern most of the time routine uh, it's it's called your circadian rhythm your body clock and um, your circadian rhythm encompasses more than just sleep um, but as it relates to this conversation i'm just going to use it um, and essentially your body likes to sort of consistently go to bed at around the same time, fall asleep and wake up at around the same time. But if you are interfering with that in some way by say, you know, sleeping in on a Saturday or staying up late, you know, certain days, it is going to make things a lot harder. Um, and then you kind of start to get into these conversations around something called social jet lag, whereby your behavior, say at the weekend starts to affect your, your sleep quality, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then by Thursday, you're kind of almost back to normal. Friday, then you mess it up again. And, you know, it starts to create this vicious cycle where, you know, you're not maybe getting as good of quality sleep as you could be if you were, were if you were more consistent. So that's kind of the three main considerations that I would make is, is the number of hours slept, um, seven to nine hours um, of actual proper sleep quality in terms of time to fall asleep, consistently sleeping with minimal amounts of waking up in the middle of the night. Um, and then consistency kind of waking up or going to sleep and waking up at the same time across the seven day week as much as you possibly can. But obviously there's going to be some scenarios where that's not possible, but you know, that should be kind of right. Those are the things that I'm going to shoot for. Um, Brian, jump in, please. Yeah. Um, in terms of the consistency, yeah, it's probably the, it's really the harder one for people to, to dial in, but if you can do it, you, you do notice the difference um and you know i sometimes when you look at someone's week uh, and you look at their their sleep schedule and things like may not always be able to stick to that like wait like when we talk about going to bed and, and waking up at the same time each day you know within probably half an hour or so is is what we're talking about uh maybe up to an hour like we're not talking about like you know to the to the minute um in terms of your bedtime and wake time <clears throat> but it, it does help a lot and 
you know, people often ask, like, okay, well, I, I, I know I'm supposed to, you know, go to bed and get up at the same time each day, but, you know, certain days of the week, I just, I just can't get enough time in bed. So, like, do I, do I try and catch up on the sleep? Do I not? Um, so I suppose we can, we can talk about, like, naps and things in that context. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy enough most of the time for people to, you know, if you say someone's training schedule could, could dictate some of this. So it's like, you know, I train late these two nights of the week. Uh, you know, maybe I do football training or something. And it means that I, I get to bed late and then I'm have to be up for work at the same time. So, you know, my sleep those nights is a bit shorter. Like I'm pretty happy for people to, you know, try and add like half an hour, an hour, some days of the week um, in order to catch up a little bit. Uh, I think, I think that is a good idea. Um, with respect to napping. Um, I mean, in most cases, I find it hard to believe that if someone's like pressed for time, that they're going to have time for a nap uh, and not have time to get, a full night's sleep but if that is the case or maybe you just had a crap night's sleep and you do have an opportunity for a nap you know should you should you take a nap then to try and uh, you know recover your energy levels a little bit try and actually get some more sleep you know if you're looking at your like total sleep time for the day um yeah there's there's ways to do that properly um so bas- basically if we're looking at sleep cycles where you go through a full sleep cycle basically so there's kind of like a start and then it goes around, say, 360 degrees, and then you come back to the start again. You know, and, and in that, you go to light phases of sleep, deep phases of sleep, and, and, and REM phases of sleep, uh, which people have probably heard of. So the REM stands for rapid eye movement, which is uh, when you do all your dreaming. Um, because if you look at someone who's in REM sleep, their, their eyes will be moving underneath their eyelids, and you're kind of paralyzed as well to stop you acting out your dreams, basically. Um, but you go through those phases and, you know, there's kind of different theories in terms of you know, which phases of sleep there are important. You know, deep, deep phases of sleep are definitely important from a recu- recuperation, recovery, uh, memory consolidation standpoint. REM sleep is super important for learning and, and memory as well. Um, so they're all, they're all important, uh, but especially the deeper phases. Um, so you're going to go through a full sleep cycle. And my point here is that, when having a nap, you should try and uh, adjust the time of how long you spend asleep to coincide with waking up in a light phase of sleep. All right, so an average sleep cycle is about 90 minutes. Um, so that means that if you're going to go for a nap, you should probably wake up either before you start to go into these deeper phases of sleep or commit to at least one sleep, full sleep cycle. So what that looks like in practice, I know that's kind of, technical but um you know basically napping for about 30 minutes or less and that kind of gives you a few minutes to actually fall asleep and everything else um or committing to about 90 minutes or or thereabouts uh you know 90 100 110 minutes thereabouts um and what that will do is if you wake up in a lighter phase of sleep you will generally feel fresher right so if you can recall any experience you've had where you wake up maybe in in the middle of a dream for whatever reason um you know maybe you're asleep and then you know your house alarm starts going off or something you're in a a dream phase like you're going to be very very yeah i i I say it feels like a fridge fell on you during the night right and you're like jesus and it's just hard to get going so you're actually it actually makes sense if you want to wake up feeling pressure to try and avoid waking up during those phases of sleep i'm going to talk more about that later in terms of how we can manufacture that but that's the 
that's how you're going to manipulate naps in order to do that. Um, I wouldn't recommend napping too late in the day. So, you know, it's a good idea to nap, you know, maybe eight hours or so after you've woken up, you know, in that kind of time frame, rather than, than, you know, in the evening time. If you have, if you have a pretty normal sleep schedule, it's, it doesn't make that much sense to start going for naps, you know, after you've gotten home from work kind of thing. That, that'll likely just make you too awake for when you're trying to go to bed later and then you just perpetuate that cycle of not getting enough sleep. But naps can help with the, the whole restorative aspect here and help you catch up a little bit and, and rejig your, your energy levels a little bit. The getting down for a full 90 minutes or thereabouts is going to be more restorative. But, you know, if you only get down for 20, 30 minutes, you'll still get some benefit from that. Um, so that's napping covered. I know we didn't necessarily want to cover naps there, but it just mm. happened. So... Yeah. I had one the other day myself. Um, it was after <clears throat> after one of Paddy's vicious leg days um, <laughs> that, it, that he prescribed me. Well, it's just, I suppose, you know, I'm the one that's executing the leg day at, at, at the end of it all. But yeah, it was just Thursday, I think it was. I just, such a hard leg session. Because um, I'm pushing it now. I want to, I'm bulking for anyone that doesn't know. I want to really be uh, adding some lovely lean muscle tissue to my frame. Um so I really pushed it on the, on the leg day and I just came home and I was just gassed. Um, and I had, I knew I had jujitsu and I also had some other stuff to do. And I was just like, I need, I'm just, this 20 minute nap is necessary, you know? Um, and I just like pop my sleep mask on, put my, put these headphones that you see on here, head noise canceling headphones. Great job. Um, set the timer for 20 minutes. Um, and when I woke up, I was like, that actually sorted me right out so it did you can also combine this with with coffee or caffeine um it's called a caffeine nap um yeah. again if it's early enough in the day i wouldn't recommend doing this um too late in the day but you know you basically have a a shot of espresso or you know some sort of caffeinated beverage even a caffeine tablet or whatever um and you set your timer for 20 30 minutes um or you know even 90 minutes it's, this probably would work even better because it'd give the caffeine time to to peak inside your blood um but basically the, the restorative nature of the nap will occur as the caffeine is starting to take effect at the same time. Um, and it gives you a nice little boost of energy. So I, I'm a fan of naps. It's just that you have to be very, very disciplined and diligent to not <laughs> to sort of uh, either say I'm going to be a 20, 30 minute nap or it's a 90 minute nap and try and not either wake yourself up in between that or what can sometimes happen. And I'm sure this has happened to you, Brian. Um, it's happened, certainly happened to me in the past, definitely when I was younger, I'm going for a nap. And then five hours later, I wake up and it's like, fuck, I have yeah. destroyed my sleep now for the rest of the, <laughs> I'm going to be up to like four in the morning. And, it's like, and you're like, not, oh not shit, good. where am I? What year is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're just, you're just trying not to good. avoid, avoid waking up, um, in those deep phases, uh, or yeah, or just sleeping too long. Cause then you're just, yeah, you're just getting, not going to be able to go to sleep again later. Um, unless you were properly exhausted and sleep deprived bleeding up to that point or something. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at in terms of the quantity, the quality and the consistency. Um, so I think Dean, you, you described it nicely in terms of like what perfect sleep probably looks like. Um, yeah. But I think we should probably, we'll get into the, the more practical stuff now. So it's like, yeah. Okay. Well, what if, what if my sleep quality isn't good? Like what if my consistency isn't good? What if my, uh time in bed isn't good let's actually try and solve these problems for people um yeah. 
and give them something that they, they can implement. So I'll start uh, by saying that I would say that the biggest, you know, this is obviously open to debate, but the biggest barrier to having your sleep in order is prioritization. That's, in my yeah. opinion, that is the biggest issue, right? Because what you'll see is basically, like I said earlier, people don't really give this the attention it deserves. Uh, people are staying up late. They are on social media. They are watching TV. The social media and the, and the people who make the TV want you to watch as much of that as is humanly possible, right? It's literally their jobs to make stuff that keeps you on there for longer and longer and longer and just using their, their applications, consuming their media, whatever it is, right? That is great for their bottom line. So that's what they want you to do. Um, so they're not your friends in this. They don't, they don't care about you getting good sleep. Uh, you, you, have, you have one friend. If you're, up at, if you're up late at night studying and consuming triage method content, it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So yeah. We're your friends. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you can, you can watch us on YouTube. If you're one of the, if you're one of the three people um, that watches this podcast on YouTube, um, and I mean, I actually, well, I think of it. I was talking to a client about this during the week because he had like he had a he had a cracking week, except for his sleep. His sleep was dog shit, mm-hmm. um, and the reason was that him and all his mates got FIFA, and were there playing FIFA from like ten o'clock until like 12, 1 a.m., and then getting up for work the next day and. You know, okay, the novelty wore off after a few days, in fairness, and he was like, no, I need to stop this because, like, my training performance is crap and I don't feel good, right? But that's what that's what people do to themselves. And then it's actually interesting. Now, correct me if, this, if I'm wrong on this team, but after a period of poor sleep, you stop noticing the effects of the poor sleep in terms of your performance. So you sleep can deprived, see that- People don't know they're sleep-deprived. Yeah, so basically, if, if, if the studies done on this, like you track performance in certain tasks, people's perception of their ability to perform, like once, right, so the first few days of sleep deprivation, you're not getting sleep, it's like, okay, cool. Um, I, I realize my, my reaction times and my mental acuity and stuff here is suffering. But if you stick with it, and once you get into like a few days of this, then you stop having that perception that your performance is, is worse. So you actually think you're doing better than you are, right? Which is, you know, one of the reasons you have to, like a lot of people just don't realize what it feels like to be well-rested because they've just become accustomed to having suboptimal sleep, right? And- yeah, your, your, your body, like your, your body can acclimatize to suboptimal states. Like as one of one of my lecturers there and I in my performance nutrition diploma, and they're talking about how we can actually adapt to dehydration. Now, just because we can adapt to dehydration and adapt to sleep deprivation doesn't mean we should, but we can. No, but, no we're we're very good at surviving, right? Yeah. We we do like to, we're very adaptive species and we like to survive and pass on our genetics and everything else. But it doesn't mean, yeah, like I said, it doesn't mean that what you're doing is actually good for you. Um so yeah, that's, that's the biggest barrier, I think, is just prioritization and saying, like, you know, am I actually giving myself a chance here? Am I giving myself enough time in bed where I'm not doing other stuff that I'm going to be able to get seven to nine hours of actual sleep, right? And if the answer to that is no, it's like, oh, why not? Okay, and then you have to look at, okay, well, what am I doing? What, what can I... Um, 
modify in my daily routine to basically allow me to spend more time in bed and you know and maybe turning off the fifa or turn off the netflix at a reasonable hour and actually setting yourself a bedtime right you had a bedtime when you were a child right you hated it uh you had a few years of freedom uh with no bedtime but now you're abusing it so now you have to actually have, have a bedtime again right so that, that's that's one of the simplest things you can do it's just like all right i'm literally going to set an alarm and like apple and stuff like iphones have a kind of function for this now and yeah. and they, they're trying to accommodate for this stuff so you know you can set your bedtime and the alarm will go off and it's like all right it's time to get go to bed right so you just have to go and do it turn off whatever you're doing um and just go to bed and then you know we'll talk about kind of bedtime routines and stuff now but that's the first thing you need to do is actually making this a priority um and what i would you know kind of challenge people to do here is like give yourself one to two weeks of actually making a priority and doing all this stuff and getting it in order. And then once you do that, like in my experience, you're, you're bought in because you're like, geez, yeah, this, this feels class lad, you know, performing better, feeling better mood and emotion, emotional states are better. Um, I'm just APIC able to do all the things I want to do as a better functioning human. And once, once people experience that, they're generally bought in. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's I think the first thing that people need to do um, is just make it a priority, right? And yeah. for for a lot of people, that will be that will kind of solve it. So um, why don't you take one, Dean? Um, or if you want to add anything to that? Yeah, no, like I totally agree with you. I think making the commitment to placing focused attention and intention on actually making the change that you need to make here is is so key and, and this might even like you know i have had clients in the past whereby their sleep has been so absolutely fucking shocking that it's it's been a case of you know what we're gonna do some nutritional stuff but i really we need to get your sleep in a much better place because it's just shockingly bad at the moment here um and we're gonna place most of our prioritization and, and this is something that we do at clients like uh, you know, we have a, we obviously have a conversation with the client. We sort of like agree on a certain number of uh, potential changes to one's behavior that's going to have an effect. And, and sometimes, you know, when people are, uh, as you said, like they're, they're very keen to change their diet, their, their training and everything like this. But sometimes it's a case of, right, you know what? I have all these other things that I want to do, but I listen to the podcast from, from the lads here. And I really need to actually make a commitment to this. Um, and, and, you know, make a commitment, whether that be actually writing down that I need to go and do this, or maybe it's even like telling somebody that you respect and that you don't want to uh, seem like a bollocks to that you're, you're, you're going to, you're going to make this commitment. And you're going to say like, right, I'm going to, I'm telling you now, Brian O'Hengisa, that I am going to improve my sleep because it's very, very bad. And I'm going to make this commitment. And I think once you do that, then um, it's just it, the other stuff then that, that you may be thinking the other behavior change stuff, becomes so much easier you know because let's let's yeah. even say for example say it's say you're having an issue with uh productivity right you have you have an issue with productivity something that you start doing then you're like right i need to sort that productivity thing out right it's it's really uh, it's an issue for me but i'll do the sleep thing first then as a consequence of that your focus and energy for the day is better maybe you're getting up a little bit earlier because you're sort of adhering to this more consistent sleep and wake time and that has a direct effect on your productivity. 
So like these are all things, the reasons why you want to be sort of places to focus on this, you know? Um, so yeah, totally agree with what you just said there. Um, yeah. So in terms of, so we, we talked about sleep hours. Um, gonna, I'm going to add something else there as well. Um, yeah. yeah but, but everything downstream works better when you're sleeping better. Some people will make the argument that like, oh, I need more time to do these tasks that I need to do. But that comes back to what we said there about sleep deprived people not noticing that their productivity isn't actually as good. So basically, if you're well rested, you will get more done and get better work done in the hours that you are awake. Yeah. Um, like if someone's struggling to adhere to their diet or a training regime, you know, if you imagine, right, you're going around and you're not getting enough sleep and you're coming home from work and, you know, you're supposed to do meal prep or something or at least make your dinner versus just ordering a takeaway or throwing on something that's kind of not as nutritious you know if you're if you're really really tired and exhausted in that situation which like it's a lot makes life a lot harder for you um and then if we look at the actual physiology where someone is sleep deprived it's like your appetite hormones are increased right so you're literally hungrier and i noticed i noticed the hell out of this like for me when i don't sleep enough I am very, very hungry the next day. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I've been sleeping quite well, which I usually do, you know, just one, one night of bad sleep. And I am pretty damn hungry the next day. Right. So, and like some of that is a factor of just being awake for more hours, but you know, your appetite hormones increase, your fullness, fullness and satiety hormones decrease. You have increased cravings for more hyper palatable food, which are the foods that we generally uh no is being easier to overconsume. so they you know they might have more refined sugar in them they might have plenty of fat in them they might be salty uh they're usually more processed stuff than tastes really really nice right so it's easy to overconsume. our cravings for those foods increase in that situation and um, you know our blood sugar regulation is worse which you know can affect your mood it can affect your appetite it can affect your energy levels throughout the day even more so um so it's a real, real shitstorm for you trying to do well with things like your nutrition. You know, you're going doing training sessions, you're dragging. If you do drag yourself to the gym in these situations now, in fairness, I would argue like, you know, if I've got someone who's there training like five, six hours a week and their sleep is not good, I'll happily say to them, look, you know, click two, three of those training sessions and just spend the hour or 90 minutes actually in bed and you'll actually just have a better time of this and you're your output will be better. Like, I don't care if you're training less, um, your, your life is generally going to be better. So I'm, I'm quite happy to, to say that kind of thing to people um, if it's a limiting factor. Because if you're, if you're dragging yourself to sessions, you're not performing well, you know, it's, it's not good for your actual progress. Um, increases injury risk too. Yeah, it increases injury risk uh, quite significantly. Um, and, you know, and that's obviously not what you want. So again, it just affects everything downstream, you know, your, your perceived motivation, perceived discipline, all get worse when you are not well rested. Yeah. So I just mm. want to add that in there, Dean, sorry. Um, yep. All good stuff. Um, yeah. So I think we'll talk a little bit about actual practical things that, pe- that people can do um, and not do to get their sleep where it needs to be sleep hygiene because i suppose the 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 aspect of doing things that improves your sleep hygiene will then improve your sleep latency which is the ability to fall asleep and then it's easier for you to get those hours 
maintain the sleep quality um, and then the consistency. So the, the, the three things that I just mentioned earlier in terms of considerations, they all obviously feed into each other, right? So in terms of, I'm, I'll start with things not to do first, right? Um, because this is, this is almost, this is always the hard one for people um, because the, the behaviors that you can do kind of to improve your sleep. Um, and we can talk about supplementation after this as well. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you run that one if you want. Um, but in terms of things not to do, I think <clears throat> using caffeine too late in the day or using too high of a dose of caffeine consistently is going to have a major effect on your sleep. Um, and that is kind of across the board. I know some people will say, oh, I drink a coffee and I'll be asleep in an hour um, after or whatever. That may be true in terms of like, it's not affecting your sleep latency, as I said, the ability to fall asleep, but it may be affecting that sleep quality. It may be affecting your ability to get into the deep sleep and um, those deeper realms of sleep and, and your, your REM sleep and everything like that. And maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're just not getting as restorative sleep as you could be. You know, yes, your perception of you, your ability to fall asleep is not changed by having this coffee, but the actual sleep quality can be impaired. And, and we do know that um, from kind of the caffeine's effects on the brain. Um, and that's very, very key. So I suppose this is kind of where you want to have a caffeine cutoff point. I'm sure you've heard us talk about this before. Somewhere between 12 and 3 o'clock. Again, this depends on how sensitive you are to caffeine. Um, and it's also dependent on the dose of caffeine as well, because, you know, even if you have a caffeine cutoff point of like one, two o'clock, but you've like consumed 600 milligrams of caffeine before that time frame, a large portion of that caffeine is still going to be circulating in your bloodstream um, and exerting effects on your brain um, by the time you're, you're going to bed at 9, 10, 11 o'clock whatever it is, you know, um, and this, as I say, is, is hard to get people to do because caffeine is quite habit forming. It's obviously very enjoyable. It has benefits from a performance and a cognitive perspective. But as I said earlier, sleep is a much superior performance enhancer than caffeine, you know, and I've had so many clients over the last little while. Um, one in particular, like, I don't know if she'd be, she probably will be listening to this and she'll actually have a good laugh, like, but her her sleep has been just so much better since we got her caffeine intake down um, to a more reasonable level. And she's just like, I don't know why I never did this before. It's like mm. amazing, like the, the, the effects that it's having. And she can still enjoy her caffeine and still, in fact, is now getting much better effects from caffeine because it's her dosages are at more moderate level and her, she has high days and low days, et cetera. Um, so that's really, really key. Uh, in terms of other substances that you shouldn't be using um to help you sleep that the people often do use um cannabis and alcohol so although you may feel like using cannabis and alcohol helps you get to sleep it's actually more rather than sort of helping you get to sleep it's actually more of having like a sedating effect and yes while it may sort of knock you out it's not it's going to directly interfere with REM sleep, right? So if you're using alcohol, if you're using cannabis, we know from the studies that have been done that those, the use of those drugs will affect your ability to get the REM sleep and thus the benefits of doing that in terms of um, the cleaning processes that go on, the memory consolidation, the emotional regulation. So these things are all going to be effective or affected, sorry, um, by using alcohol, cannabis. So those, if you're, if you're using excessive amounts of caffeine, alcohol, or cannabis, that's something that's, that really needs to be addressed. Another thing that you need to think about when it comes to things not to do when it comes to sleep is to just avoiding a lot of overstimulation at bedtime. Um, so this is like doing, 
watching a horror movie or getting into an argument or you know going on social media and seeing something that makes you really annoyed or, or you know gets you into a fiery mood or whatever it is all of that stuff needs to be just you need to scrap that if you're if you're mm. getting anywhere near bedtime like i'm even talking a couple of hours out from bedtime because if it's sufficiently stimulating it's going to affect your ability to fall asleep um, and search and destroy on modern warfare yeah exactly like you know it's uh, anything that's nothing really more over- stimulating in the world than that yeah yeah exactly you know so um you know, anything that's going to really get you fired up avoid that and basically you want to do the opposite of that you want to do things that are going to relax you which i will talk about um, in a moment hmm. another thing another consideration is light exposure so light is um one of the most important regulators when it comes to our circadian rhythm and our and our sleep pattern um so essentially you want to think of it this way you want light exposure when you wake up because the light exposure on your retina tells your brain that it's time to stay awake suppress melatonin which is the sleep hormone we want to stay awake so that's why you know we're sort of our body clocks are sort of set to the sun right so when you're when you're awake in the morning it's actually very good practice for you to get out and expose your eyes to some direct uh not direct sunlight but like expose <sighs> daylight you know no um, not the liver king here <laughs> yeah so don't don't, don't take it too far um but no, do but get no, let's just be an outside the the lux which is the measure of i don't know light intensity yeah yeah uh is super super high outside even if it's not a sunny day right just just being outdoors during the daytime will tick this box um a lot more than than artificial light will you do want to make sure that you get outside because some people say oh i'll just sit at the window here that actually affects the intensity of that light and the window will actually affect the the number of looks or whatever so it's actually important that you do get your ass outside and, and you know even for five minutes just to walk around and sort of you know even if it's a case of make a bit of a routine where you get up get a big glass of water get your coffee and you take it outside and you walk around and expose yourself yeah. to, to some level of light now this is not always realistic because dark countries and if it's pissing rain and if it's this and that and the other but if you can again make this a bit of a habit and uh, make this a bit of a ritual it's going to have a good effect now flip side of this you do not want to be exposing your eyes to light artificial light specifically screens laptops devices um you know i'm looking at a ring light here (laughs) definitely not a good idea to be looking at that too late at night but even you know artificial lights around the house because you want the opposite of the effect that it's having during the day you want the the lack of light and your eyeballs recognition of darkness to send the signal to your brain that it's time to start secreting melatonin because it's nighttime and we need to go to sleep and that's how the basically the, the system works as soon as you wake up, you want light. You want that uh, suppression of melatonin and basically to, to get to send the signal to your brain to say that it's time to stay awake. Yeah. That also has a regulatory effect as well, like as, as sort of the day progresses. Sorry, did you want to jump in there? Uh, yeah, I, just, I want to jump in. Um, it's one thing that I wondered about for a while uh, in relation to this. And then I spoke to Alan Flanagan about it, who does, does research on circadian rhythms and is very intelligent. Um, we must actually get him on the podcast. Um, yeah. but I asked him basically, is like, you know, why is it that a little bit of light exposure, like artificial light exposure at night, is enough to screw up your sleep, but the same artificial light exposure early in the day is not sufficient to, you know, send this signal that it's daytime? Because we're saying here, it's like, all right, you have to be outside, um, to get that regulating effect, 
Um, but those same lights that aren't good enough in the morning time to send the daytime signal are enough to disrupt your sleep. And the answer to that is basically that we are primed to expect a lot of light early in the day. And we're primed to expect almost none after dark, essentially. So that's basically the reasons so we're more sensitive at different times of the day because of this. Um, which means that, you know, it needs to be outdoors or, you know, you can get, you can get, you know, the, the light boxes, like the light therapy boxes and the different lamps and things, which are at a, you know, sufficient looks to send this signal. But again, it, it's, I don't think they still get as, as powerful as the sun. Um, and, you know, you, some people, people might've seen me wear those glasses before and um, which is basically like a portable light box. They look like something out of Star Trek or something. Um, yeah. that's why you they're... got them it's not not for any of this crack you're just like oh, i'm gonna look so cool wearing those glasses man yeah nah, i don't know you see the price tag on them it's no you want to have good reason to be buying them but um i just throw them on um you know if, if i'm getting up when it's dark and uh that does the job but you know it does help like it's it's one of those things like dean said there you know you make a routine of it you know on my routine one of the first things i do in the morning is bring Cody out for a walk, right? So I'm getting some movement, I'm getting some light exposure, um, and that's pretty constant, um, you know, throughout the year. But if there's the odd day where I don't do that for whatever reason, I notice it. Like I notice I'm not as awake, basically, as as yeah. I am when I get that light exposure. So, um, yeah, sorry, that was that was just what I wanted to jump in and and, and mention. Yeah, that's a, a interesting point that that Alan made as well i did i didn't know that um yeah we, we yeah it was, one that, it was one that bugged me for a while i was like why is that and then yeah that that's yeah. the reason yeah now you know um so yeah light exposure really really important um and then obviously keeping things dark then at nighttime so uh, again not having light is one thing but also uh, making sure that especially as you're getting ready to literally go to sleep you're you're sort of literally you want to be as unconscious basically yeah. as soon as possible. Um, the key things that you can do there is to just make sure that your room is set up for that. Um, so blackout blinds is obviously really, really key. Sleep masks, excellent. Um, Manta sleep mask is, I think, our recommendation. Um, yeah. I have tried the Amazon sort of knockoff brand. Not as good, I will say. You know, usually off-brand stuff, if I think that it's, just as good, I will recommend it, but um, I have tried uh, an off-brand Amazon version of the Manta Sleep Mask, and I didn't think it was as good. Didn't block out as much light, wasn't as comfortable. So check out Manta Sleep Mask. Hashtag yeah. not sponsored, unfortunately. But unfortunately, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe you'll have a Manta rep onto us now soon. Be like, oh, here. <laughs> Here's a code. Um, so yeah, Blackout Blinds, uh, Manta Sleep Mask. Uh, Manta Sleep Mask is also great if you happen to be you know, traveling and in a place mm. where it's like, right, I'm going to be exposed to light here because it's it's not very portable to take blackout blinds with you. Whereas a Manta sleep mask, I think, is is a lot more realistic. So, Manta oh, sleep yeah, mask, it's it's helped me out immensely on uh, on travels or just anytime not sleeping in my own room, and even like even the room down here in Cork now, like it's not you know we don't have blackout blinds. Uh, Fiona basically doesn't wake up if there's not some light to wake her up so we need to have like the curtains open a little bit um so you know it's fine just wear my mask uh while i'm asleep and it just it does does the job uh very comfortable blocks out all the light 
Um, it doesn't get too hot either. You know, you don't, you don't wake up like real sweaty in it or anything. Um, so it is, it is a great, a great product. Um, I you know if, if you have to ask me like, what's something, you know, what's one of the best purchases you've ever made for less than like 50 quid or something. It's like, yeah, that would definitely be one there. of them. Like, yeah. I think it's like, they're like 20 quid, are they? Um, you can get nah, a they're few. More now. They're more now. So they are, they're, uh, they're definitely like when you factor in post and packaging, yeah, it's it's probably thirty or forty euro to get it sent to your house, like so. But it is it's have, worthwhile. They have nice. bundle deals as well. I think you get like three of them for a discount potentially. I haven't looked in a while. Like they have like ten different masks now at this point. Like I yeah, yeah. when I when I first got it, it was just the one, just the, the one, one type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, no, they're they're super handy and like low cost. You know, as you said portable convenient for instead of using something like blackout blinds um, yeah. or blackout curtains yeah yeah so highly recommend that um yeah like if you want to if you want sort of uh a way to look at this in terms of how your your bedroom should be set up it should be set up like a cave this is i think this is one thing from back in my phil richards days that he said that was actually really really good advice um it's like set up set up your room like a cave and that should be like it should be super dark and it should be nice and cool as well so you want yeah. you know, a nice cool temperate room um so that you know if it's that could mean getting a fan in or it could mean leaving a window open or whatever it is or just not having the radiator on you know don't have your room super hot um so that's really really key as well um other practices that are um not relating then to to light exposure that you can be doing to kind of help you get into that sort of more relaxed state before sleep and it's just doing things like reading uh doing some stretching doing a little bit of foam rolling um listening to some relaxing noises so that could be like the binaural beats or maybe a podcast or an audiobook or whatever it is um because you're essentially trying to do the opposite Tell you What's actually, the, one of my favorite things to listen to is I usually I usually listen to an audiobook um, falling asleep, but yeah. the the French Whisperer uh, is an ASMR channel on. Uh, well, I guess he's on YouTube, but then I listen to it on Spotify, um, and it is incredibly relaxing. Right, so yeah. AS, ASMR is uh, for people who don't know it's like. It's that sensation of getting like goosebumps on your brain, basically. That's, that's mm. the best way to describe it. Um, yeah. not, ev- not everybody experiences it, but if you, if you just put in ASMR on YouTube, like you'll find so much weird, what appears to be weird content that yeah. triggers this stuff. Yeah. But People actually, you- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange one, man. But um, basically, it's super, super relaxing. And he talks, he, you know, has this nice French accent as well. Mm. And then he talks, he has very, different topics that he goes through some are like historical somewhere to do with you know the universe somewhere to do with um you know mysteries of the world and, and things like it's very wide-ranging um different ancient civilizations blah 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 right it's extremely relaxing so that's definitely one of my favorites um if anyone's looking for something to go with in terms of what to listen to when when winding down or actively trying to fall asleep so mm-hmm. carry on dean yeah, I suppose a couple of my favorites that I've uh, had in the past. Um, I, I quite enjoyed the Blind Boy Boat Club uh, podcast. Um, I just like it. I, I like him because he is a really good storyteller. 
Um, now, sometimes it's not good because he'll say something that's really funny. And then that's like, I don't want to be fucking laughing when I'm going to sleep. Like, because that's obviously, you know, partially stimulatory. So sometimes it's like, okay, maybe not just a good idea to be, to be listening to him. Another really good one that I enjoyed, um, which I may actually redo now, is the entire Harry Potter series narrated by Stephen Fry. Um, yeah, it's currently what I'm listening to. Is is a nice one, so it is. Um, because Stephen yeah. Fry is just, you know, he's just got a great voice. Um his, his books on the on the Greek myths as well are, are yeah. prime listening as well. Yeah. yeah. And you can and so, so you uh, can you can set a sleep timer on this stuff, I should say, as well. So if you're listening yeah. to it on Audible or you're listening to it on Spotify, you can set a sleep timer so the thing's not just playing like throughout the night. So yeah. 15, yeah. 20 minute sleep timer, boom, you're doing your sleep. Mm. It's good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, so yeah, those would be my my preferences. But again, like the binaural beats, the the white noise, um, you know, sound of rain and waterfalls and all that kind of stuff. Those are all really, really good options. Whatever kind of test out a few different ones and and um see what you see what you kind of come across and what, what you like. Um <laughs> interestingly, I would avoid uh listening to podcasts about sleep when you're trying to get to sleep. I have actually found that to be um not good for me personally because um, a couple of times they've done it and the the, the podcast or whatever, they, they start talking about sleep paralysis um, and then I got sleep paralysis because oh, I was listening to these guys talk about sleep paralysis. It's not was something induced. I, it was induced literally like so. Um, that's just an anecdote from, from my perspective, but maybe, you know, it's probably too late now to tell them to not listen to this podcast when they're going to sleep, but yeah. I, I don't think it's a good idea to listen to sleep podcasts when you're trying to get to sleep. Um, we can put right. a disclaimer in the notes or something there when we share it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, those well, are people. People do say I have a relaxing voice, so they might be coming onto this to sit like, like, oh yeah, Brian's going to lull me mm. to sleep now. Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll do an episode where I'm just like reading a story or something, and that can be the a lullaby or a poem. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're just thinking basically relaxation, rem- moving away from stimulation towards relaxation. Um, another good one that you can do is to take a very hot bath or a hot shower um, before you go to bed. And that's obviously going to relax you. But what will also happen is by doing that, by taking a hot shower, you're whenever you get out of the shower, your body will sort of react in, in a way where it will drop your core body temperature down a little bit. And that has a cooling effect, which again, as we said, temperature is important in this, um, you know, trying to get these good sleep hygiene practices. Um, so that can potentially be something that's worth trying as well. Although some people do say that, right, I actually didn't find that to be that effective and it maybe woke me up a little bit more or whatever. But a lot of these things, like everything we recommend, they may require a little bit of, you know, your own little trial and error and experimentation mm. and eventually you will find a nice little setup that, that 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 you enjoy like for me my setup is i will put my blue light blocking glasses on um you know probably about an hour and a half two hours before i go to bed um because you know i'm generally watching youtube videos or, or watching something on my laptop or you know whatever it is i'm usually on my laptop a couple of hours before bed um then i will sort of as i'm like right okay now it's time for me to get to bed I'll progress towards the podcast, the audiobook, whatever it is, the, the visual sort of input, because I find that it helps me um, concentrate on something rather than sort of having to, you know, wait for sleep to happen and maybe 
allowing thoughts to happen, which can sometimes uh, make this a little bit more difficult. And then I usually have my, my sleep mask on and, you know, uh, just make sure the room is as dark as possible and then sleep will usually just happen. Um, but you might have a, a rhythm in terms of, right, I'll do my little bit of stretching. Maybe I'll do a little bit of journaling because if you are that type of person that has a lot of racing thoughts at nighttime, mm. very effective way to combat that is to do a little bit of writing about kind of what happened in the day. Like you can literally chronicle your day from start to finish because if you're the type of personality that's like, you know, maybe is doing a lot of overthinking or maybe if you're under a bit of pressure, a little bit of stress, journaling is kind of an effective way to do that. Um, as is like talking to somebody, like obviously if you have, uh, if you're going to bed with a partner or something like that, have a discussion with them about whatever it is. Um, but, you know, generally speaking, if you are the type of person that's having racing thoughts, it's good practice to sort of try and take the thoughts out of your brain and either yeah. onto a piece of paper or in, con in conversation with somebody. So these are all some things that you can do to get you into that restorative, relaxed sleep state. Um, so that it's basically, it's going to be a better time for your sleep hygiene overall. Yeah. So you can expect there to fall asleep more easily and then also have better quality sleep as well. So less waking up. Um, like Dean said, if, if you're having, you know, if you have a lot on your mind essentially and then that all starts to come to the forefront when you're starting to settle down to go to bed because basically you're no longer distracted by everything else you're doing across the day if all that stuff suddenly starts to come to mind um yeah literally just doing a brain dump just writing it all down if you're you know having concerns about things you need to do or you know think essentially things you don't want to forget about you know it's like oh shit i need to do that whatever that may be uh you need to write that stuff down because if not your brain is like shit i can't remember it I can't forget to remember that basically. Um, but if you write it down, then your brain's like, okay, cool. Like we have that saved externally. So I can let that go. Um, so that's especially true if you're waking up in the night, let's say, uh, remembering things you have to do. Um, that's really, really effective. And uh, I would add to, to what all the things Dean mentioned, like some sort of breathing um, practice, like a meditation of sorts. You could do that while you're stretching and that would be a really, really effective way. You could do a bit of bedtime yoga and um, you could, you can do a meditation with, you know, you know, Headspace has plenty of, uh, you know, sleep focused uh, meditations on there. Yeah. Um, basically, you know, deep breathing is one of the most effective and quickest ways to calm your body down and put it into a more relaxed state. So you try something like the five, three, seven breathing, you know, that's just, denotes inhale for five seconds hold for three seconds exhale for seven seconds you know do a few minutes of that that'll calm you right down um so that'll that'll work particularly well in conjunction with you know listening to something relaxing um and and really help wind things down and, and help you get to sleep um yeah like my current what does my current routine look like um i read in bed and then i throw on an audiobook or maybe the french whisperer um so i only like remembered like a couple of nights ago i was like shit i forgot about that guy and then so i've thrown him on a few, a few more times but i'd forgot about him for a while but stephen fry you know stephen fry reading harry potter is good shit so that's that's doing the job um that's basically all i do at the moment uh, and then throw on the, the sleep mask and then uh, it's sleep time and like the room is is pretty dark you know i have the uh, himalayan salt lamp so it's kind of I have one too. Yeah. Kind of a, a pink low light hue. So that's what we're using in the bedroom. Um yeah. or, or light a fire in your bedroom. 
that also yeah. works. Yeah. True that. True that. Just in your in your way. <laughs> a big, your one of those spin. big barrels. Yeah, one <laughs> of those big barrels. Just petrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, don't a do bit that. Of, uh, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I have um, haven't done much of it lately, actually. But uh, some aromatherapy, I actually like as well. Um, oh, yeah. So some, you know, using a diffuser or even just putting some essential oils on the pillow. Um, I like that as well. Uh, you know, lavender is a good one. Um, there's a really nice blend they got from Cotanical uh, from Carl there, which is like a forest blend. And it was really, really nice. And yeah. I'm, all out, I'm all out of it now because it smells so good. I use it all. But um, yeah, some essential oils, some aromatherapy can be nice, I think um definitely um so yeah that's basically what my like yeah like myself and Fiona are watching tv and we go up to bed and then i said i read for like i don't know maybe 15 minutes and then try on the book and you know i, I have no real trouble getting to sleep or anything thankfully yeah. um and i sleep very well um i don't really wake up um except maybe to go to the bathroom but that's well, not a regular thing either it might happen mm. the odd night but not every night um yeah so maybe we should actually cover that one since i mentioned it like what to do if you're waking up a lot during the night um so if you're wake, like i think i think if you do something like we we're after describing there and have some sort of bedtime routine in place which doesn't have to be super extensive like like the ones we've just described for ourselves aren't super extensive um but having their like the ritual nature of it as well also helps um because then, you know, you start doing your bedtime routine and that's almost acts as a trigger for, oh, okay, your brain and body are like, oh, okay, cool. We're doing our wind down routine now. Sweet. I'll get that stuff going. Um, I was going to say, like, if, if you're going to watch like TV and stuff close to bedtime, like we said, don't, don't watch things that are super stimulating, but things that I think are very appropriate, anything, anything that's funny, um, lighthearted, any kind of nature documentaries and stuff in most cases, maybe not if... Mm you're sensitive to watching prey getting killed or whatever. Maybe you don't yeah. want to see that. That's kind of a motive, but um, there are certain things that are definitely more appropriate to, to watch closer to bedtime um, mm. depending on the subject matter. Um, but yeah, if you, I think like, I think if you do that stuff, if, if you are prone to waking up a lot, you'll find you'll wake up a lot less. And like I said, if you're waking up because you've racing thoughts or are reminded of your to-do list, um just write that stuff down and you'll probably go back to sleep uh, easy enough um if you're waking up a lot to go to the bathroom and you probably want to look at your fluid intake you know as it pertains to the last you know couple of hours before bed um so it can be as simple as just you know restricting that fluid intake a little bit um and not drinking as much close to bedtime um that that's you know that's something you want to address because like you know, if you are waking up several times in the night to go to the bathroom, uh, it's probably something you want to address. Um, mm. you know, once or twice maybe is, is hard to avoid depending on the person. But uh, if it's any more than that, it's, it's probably something you could modify successfully. Um, I suppose you could try minimizing your light exposure when you do wake up. So, you know, so don't don't crack onto your phone and, and you know, if possible, like keep some of the lights off. Like if you have to go to the bathroom or whatever, you know, don't don't light the place up um you know where it's safe to do so obviously um and yeah there those are kind of the main things i think in terms of, of waking up for people who 
you know, our quote unquote light sleepers. Um, again, I think having this bedtime routine that's relaxing, etc., is going to do a lot for those people. We can talk about maybe supplementary measures in a second. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're a light sleeper, you may may need to modify. You know, you may need to try and cancel out some of the noise you might hear during the night. Yeah. <clears throat> so you may need to have something that runs like, like, like the saying, kind of like white noise or something that runs over that. Um, or you may need to invest in some sort of earplug, you know, to block out some of the noise. Um, personally, I think the silicon earplugs are are way better than those foam ones. I think the foam ones are pretty shit. Um, yeah. But but the silicon ones you can get from boots or whatever they they work quite well and they're reusable to an extent. Um, I know you can get like earbuds and stuff, you know, kind of like earpods for sleep. I don't actually know if those things are any good, you can get those sleep masks that have, you know, kind of a speaker built into them, which, which are pretty cool. Um, again, I don't know. I don't really know how comfortable they are, um, how well they work. Um, like we said, the mantis sleep mask blocks out all light, which is pretty, pretty legit. So you can get one that has, you know, speaker in it as well. Maybe that's going to be good as well, but, um, you know, there's a certain amount of trial and error that's, that are going to come with this, depending on what, what the issue is. Um, Anything you want to add, Dean, for for people waking up consistently that you might that might help them? No, like I think you know, going to the toilet is a is a, a big one that can be modified um, by just kind of like restricting your fluid intake close to bedtime. Uh, potentially adding a little bit of electrolytes um, as well. Yeah, you know, actually, that is that. something that I do with people um, occasionally. You know have them consume a little bit more salt in their last meal and yeah. that has a, like a water retaining effect and yeah often those actually work pretty well so that is something you could try yeah like it's i think you know another thing to be said is you know if you're waking up once in the middle of the night consistently because you just you're just your bladder is just it's just inclined that way you just have a small yeah. bladder and you need to pee in the middle of the night you know i think provided that you can you know avoid turning lights on and stuff like that um that, that that's grand like you know as long as you're not like banging your toe on the way to the toilet and giving yourself a load of like artificial light and it's disrupting the whole thing like if you're, if you're waking up in the middle of the night um to go to the toilet once it's grand it's also side note the only time that it's appropriate for a man to do a sit down wee uh, <laughs> is in the middle of the night whenever he doesn't want to turn the lights on so just, just lads that is Accuracy. an okay time for you to do a sit down way no other time though so just making sure that you know that um but yeah so that's kind of like you know and let's say if it's more psychological mental thing the journaling etc general stress management techniques um yeah because that is that is something that can wake you up in the night is if your overall stress levels are higher yeah. and you, you need for kind of elevated cortisol levels like that can yeah. wake you up like that's that's cortisol's job is basically yeah. to wake you up and get you going in the morning so yeah you may experience more of that and that will come back to, you know, modifying that stress where possible. And if it's a temporal thing, you know, if it's going to be for a short period of time, then it will, you know, get better, I guess, um, with time. But until, until that happens, you can just, uh, try and modify that stress load that you're currently experiencing. And that could be from a lot of things, you know, if someone is, is dieting pretty hard, like that will, that'll impact their sleep. Um, again, through these elevations in cortisol, uh, you know, just generally feeling hungrier potentially, 
Um, it's very rare now, to be, to be honest, that I'd work like I, that the people I'm working with get to that stage where they're waking up because they're hungry. Like it's, yeah. it doesn't really happen. This is more yeah. like people in physique sports. Like, yeah. like I'm sure Shane and Emma will experience it soon. Yeah, if yeah. Not all, if not already. I think I I think they're experiencing it already, as far as I can already. tell from the stories. So yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. But I suppose that's the, that's the territory. Um. Yeah. So this podcast is going on quite a long time. I think as yeah. usual. How Brian, long we? How long do we? Or we're, what time we're, 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 we're nearly going an hour and a half. Um. We'll quickly Jeez, cover. We'll quickly cover supplementation because I think it's a funny little area, sleep supplements. Um, there are a few considerations um, to be made here. I think, though, I'll let you jump in in terms of talking about the specific supplements that you might have in mind. And then if there's any I, I want to add, I'll do it as well. But I think people are like, yes, I'll get a sleep supplement and that will sort my sleep out. And it's like, no, no, no. You're putting that cart before the horse there now, mate. You want to sort out all the other stuff that we that we said in the podcast so far before you even before you even think about using a sleep supplement if all the other stuff that we talked about so far isn't in line a sleep supplement is just going to be like you may as well just be like pissing into the wind because it's just not going to do anything um but that's not to say that the sleep supplements don't have utility and i have found that sleep supplements there's no, apart from maybe melatonin, there's no hard and fast, like, yes, if you take this, it will have this effect, um, a positive effect in your sleep. I have found it to be a case personally and with other people that you need to kind of decide to test a particular ingredient or supplement, see if it has an effect, and then you can sort of add it to your repertoire if you found it to be effective. But I'll let you kind of run with the specific supplements that you have in mind, Brian. Yeah, Um as I said, you need to you need to try and address the lifestyle factors, uh, as Dean just mentioned there as well, because you know if you just have no no positive sleep routine in place and your sleep hygiene is terrible, um, and you know you're doing stimulating things right before bed, uh, you know and drinking, having a few beers and smoking a few joints and playing video games and and then you just think that a sleep supplement is going to you know undo that like it's it's not going to work um i don't think i would say that you need to have all that stuff perfect and before you can take a sleep supplement because you know i think if 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 it's something that helps you know correct the deficiency or um maybe encourages deeper sleep or helps someone manage their stress a little bit better during a stressful period then that'll probably translate to some improvements. So I'd be happy to add it in, but not just to say, you know, this is the only thing we're going to modify here and, you know, everything else is still crashing down around you, but you're taking your sleep supplement, so it'll be fine. Um, actually, before I move on to that, there's a couple more factors I wanted to talk about uh, that we didn't cover. So uh, actually exercise, right, and, and its effect on sleep very briefly. So overall, exercise improves sleep. You know, if you're exercising regularly, you're going to get better sleep. Um, you're gonna need more sleep probably when you're training regularly than if not, um, because there's an extra recovery demand. Um, but overall, it does tend, uh, tend to improve sleep quality. However, it is a very stimulating activity. So if you are exercising, you know, finishing your workouts or whatever within a couple of hours of, of going to bed, it may affect your sleep. Um, you may not be able to wind down as easily because you're stimulated from you know, if you're playing sports, especially, um, and also the increase in body temperature could still be a, 
a factor. Um, you know, so if you're quite warm still from having done the exercise, then that could impact your sleep. So where possible, try and finish up your, any training that you're doing, any exercise that you're doing like three hours before bed. Um, and then also I want to talk about, uh, actually like meals, you know, and how that headache can affect sleep. Um, I suppose we didn't really talk about like nutrition, how that interacts with sleep specifically, but, um, basically like the, from, I think most people want to avoid eating a large meal very close to bedtime um, because the like digestive processes you know can keep them awake and the food maybe like sit in their stomach or it could be repeating on them uh, causing some reflux and things like that so I think for most people they do well to you know finish up any eating that they're doing you know an hour or more before bed and the bigger the meal the kind of further back you might pull it and um, this doesn't apply to everyone. This is one of those ones you have to kind of have some trial and error with. Like, I'm pretty sure Gary is extremely sensitive to this. And, you know, he has, you know, a singular rice crispy before bed, like just screws his sleep up. Whereas Paddy is pretty happy to eat quite a lot of food before bed and, and he's fine. Um, but he seems a bit different anyway. Like he says he doesn't use it doesn't use a pillow and doesn't sleep on any covers ever because it's so warm and all this kind of crack. So um I don't think Paddy's of this earth. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not so much. Um, but no, this is just one that you have to kind of experiment with a little bit, I think. Um, you know, I don't think it's a hard and fast rule. Some people will, you know, maybe benefit from having a snack closer to bedtime if it helps keep their blood sugar more stable throughout the night. Um you know, so there's, there's potentially uh, reasons to do this. I think talking about like carbohydrate intake, potentially lower cortisol levels if, if you're experiencing a lot of stress, which can then maybe be conducive to better sleep. But um, yeah, that was just the one thing I want to mention, like not eating too close to bed. It's probably a good idea for most people, um, but it's something that you kind of have to test and say, okay, you know, meeting close to bed for a week and I'll see does it affect how I feel in the morning or affect my sleep quality like do I, am I waking up a lot is it harder to fall asleep that sort of thing mm. so now moving on to the supplementation um there's a few that we can use I think in this context and you know most of them have this kind of calming relaxing effect so most of them overlap with stress management supplementation as well if that's something you're looking yeah. at um so you mentioned melatonin already dean which is a sleep hormone it's also extremely potent antioxidant so you know it's quite beneficial from a, from a health standpoint um you can't get it over the counter in the republic of ireland anyway um but most of continental europe you know you can buy it over the counter uh in the usa you can, you can get it in in shops and supplement shops and pharmacies and, and stuff it's pretty easy to get it's quite cheap um so you can use that especially, especially useful for kind of regulating your skating rhythm. If your if your skating rhythm has been thrown off for some reason, um, you know, maybe by the weekend or maybe by travel or whatever it is, uh, using some melatonin um, for a short period can can help reset your your sleep cycle, so to speak. Um, it is quite healthy to use. It doesn't seem to have a, a negative feedback loop where you know it's not like taking testosterone you know, exogenous testosterone shuts down your, your natural testosterone production and um, taking melatonin doesn't seem to 
affect your natural melatonin secretion, which occurs uh, in response to darkness. Um, you know, so that's like we're saying why the, the darkness aspect is important. Um, so if you can get low dose melatonin, it can be useful. Uh, anecdotally, I think higher doses do have a kind of sedative effect. Um, but uh, there's, not re- there's not research on that as far as I'm aware. But, um, you know, you probably don't need to be taking more than a milligram of, of melatonin. Um, like I said, anecdotally, if you're going to take in like five milligrams, like they sell in 10 milligram tablets, which I think is kind of excessive. Like not that you, I don't think you can really take too much of it, but there's just, just not necessary to take that much of it. You can, you uh, can wake up, like if you take a very large dose of it, you can have that sedative effect and some people experience like they'd be real groggy Yeah. after a high dose melatonin. Um, and as you say, like, you know, like I have melatonin there that's 300 micrograms and, oh. you know, like I, I found like, you know, one to two of those, um, has had a positive effect and it, it has been enough. Um, and, and, and I find that that's, yeah, it, it seems to be the lower doses seem to, to take effect. Okay. Whereas sometimes, you know, there also seems to be variable variability, like, between brands, I, I, I read this. I can't remember. I can't remember specifically where I read this, but apparently, the actual amount of melatonin that they tested in different products was massively variable. So it's like, yeah, you're getting one milligram, but maybe you're getting four. You know, so it can be a little bit all over the place. But that, I suppose, is more down to the actual supplier than anything else. Consumer Lab, maybe was it? Do you, do you know Consumer Lab? Uh, no, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think it was that now. Um, Consumer Lab is like Examine.com, but not as well known for whatever reason. Mm. Um, or maybe it's bigger in America or something, uh, but I'm, I'm subscribed to it anyway. It is, it is quite good. Um, Cause they do, they do compare specific products like specific supplements mm. and they test them and everything else. Um, yeah. So it's a good resource, but yeah. Melatonin is one. Uh, L-theanine is another one that I quite like to recommend and use in these contexts. So L-theanine is a, an amino acid naturally found in tea, uh, it's just, hence the name. Um, now it's, it's occurring in quite small dosages in tea, but it has a relaxing, calming effect on the body uh, and the mind. So, you know, it can be used for stress management. It can be used potentially for decreasing feelings of anxiety. Um, and then it can also seem to, you know, secondary to those things and also directly improve sleep quality, right? Um, so, you know, it's, it's also good for um, taking the edge off caffeine, so to speak. So if you find you get too jittery with caffeine, if you pair it with some alphine and you can kind of level it off and just get kind of a better effect from it. Um, so there's a few different uh, functions there. I think it's quite useful, um, but it does seem to improve sleep quality um, and, and depth of sleep and potentially sleep latency as well if, if it helps get you into a more relaxed state so um yeah that, that can be quite useful um another one would be ashwagandha seems to have some some benefits to sleep again in a, in a lot of cases secondary to reducing stress um and it's an adaptogenic uh kind of herbal supplement which means it helps your body cope with stress better um and it seems to improve sleep as well. It can, it can have kind of a, a sedating effect for some people too. Um, but as far as I know, that's not like super consistent across the board. Um, so that can be a good one to, to have in there. 
magnesium gets talked a lot about or talked about a lot in this context. Um, magnesium does not have inherent calming properties as, as far as I'm aware. Um, but basically it is true that if you are low in magnesium, which is not uncommon, then rectifying that will improve your sleep, but it's not necessarily something that you need to take close to bedtime to actually get uh, an effect from as far as I know. And, um, but it's often talked about in, in that context because people talk about it like, Oh, it relaxes the muscles. And it's like, yeah. And that's kind of oversimplifying it though. Um, so basically just having adequate magnesium status and, you know, which can be achieved through supplementation or the diet or both. And, you know, it's present in, in like vegetables, uh, dark chocolate is a really good source and nuts and pulse is a really good sources as well. Um, so ensuring your magnesium status is good. Um, there's other ones you can look at. They'd be the main ones I would, I would discuss in this context. Um, you can look at things like valerian root potentially, which is, it does actually have a sedative uh, sort of effect. Um, so you'd have that actually before bed. Um, but yeah, they're, they're kind of the main ones that I would look at. And then there's a few kind of all, or, all in one formulas um, that can be beneficial. So brain gains is one that, I quite like, uh, so they have a switch on and switch off formula. So the switch off formula is, is a sleep kind of stress supplement, which are really good all in one. It's hard to find all in ones that are like to have, when I say all in one, that have several ingredients in the one product. Um, but that is quite a good one that, that I like. Um, you know, if you just want to simplify it and be like, okay, cool. I know I'm taking like a significant amount of sleep supporting nutraceuticals and nutrients then that that takes the box quite well yeah 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 i think um, that's it yeah i wouldn't really make any more further additions to that um like i think everything that you mentioned there is you know i think worth testing at the very least um i think if you want to kind of test out like that brain gain supplement or you know even if it is you know an individual trying a little bit of ashwagandha or L-theanine, test it out and, and, and see um, if there if there's any benefit for you. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't really make any more additions to that. Um, so yeah, well, I think we'll wrap it up there, Brian, unless you have anything else that you want to add when it comes to No, sleeping. as you said, it's been quite long uh, already, so I don't think we'll, we'll add any more to it. Um, hopefully it's useful. Um, so but... there's one guy... There's one guy now he has fallen asleep <laughs> while uh, while listening right. to us. Our job is done. Our job yeah. is done. Yeah, uh, I, th I think, I suppose, one that does come up a lot is like, you know, what do you do if you have small kids and they wake you up during the night? Um, and to be honest, we don't have we don't have a solution for that. Like, you know, I wish yeah. I wish we did. Just don't have kids. Just don't have kids. <laughs> Easy. Too late now, Dean. <laughs> um. But no, in all seriousness, like that's just a tough period. I think you, you can take it back to the prioritization, you know, so basically getting as much quality sleep as you can when you can, you know, so you can utilize the naps and things like that. Um, you can potentially utilize the sleep supplements to try and, uh, try and, you know, improve the, if you're getting less hours, at least trying to improve the quality of those hours if possible. Um, and basically just generally looking after yourself in other domains, you know, so eating well, um, you know, exercising, but not over-exercising, but you're just digging a recovery hole for yourself and generally looking after yourself 
you know, don't we obviously don't have a solution for getting woken up several times a night by a small child, um, but just that it's it's not going to last forever. So mm. uh, it's just kind of have to rough it out while it's happening. But as I said, do as much as you can with what you can control. Uh, and that's all you can do in that context. Because um, it does come up and then it's like, you know, yeah. people don't people don't address it because they don't have an answer for it. So yeah. Yeah. I, I at least I'm going to acknowledge that we don't have an answer for it instead of just not mentioning it like most people yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah, there is. There's no solution to it as far as I can tell. Um, just like you know, when when you're when you're having kids, just make sure you make some that don't cry as much, or, or get or get up in the middle of the night. I don't know, <laughs> genetic engineering of some capacity. Maybe there's some really smart dude out there that can manufacture some babies that'll do that. I don't know. That's the yeah. only thing that comes to mind. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure there's things that you can do if there's if the baby's sleep is particularly bad, but that is well beyond our area of expertise so yeah. no we'll wrap it we'll wrap it up there dean um just thank we'll thank everybody for listening to the first episode of the newly named show um not that the show is new but it's the first one under this in this name mm-hmm. so uh, that is significant and um, if people want help with this sort of stuff you know want to want help with their health nutrition sleep as you said near the start it's like sometimes you know people obviously hire us to help them change their body composition their performance their their health and sleep might be the first thing that we have to look at so while we are you know nutrition coaches by trade we look at a lot of all these health factors obviously as you can tell um so sleep might be the most pressing issue for some people so it's not at all uncommon that that's what we'll look at first it's like cool i'm gonna help you with the nutrition your performance and then all the things you want to do but the, the big rock to look at first is actually your sleep. So let's do that. So if you want help with that one-to-one um, in terms of coaching, you know, uh, you can go to triagemethod.com, uh, look for the coaching tab there, find out more about the coaching. You can send us a DM on, on Instagram uh, or email us or, you know, wherever you want to contact us. Um, Dean, as of right now, is coaching spaces available. I, I'm full, I'm pretty sure. So I, I'm not taking anybody on right now. But, um, you know, depending when you listen to this, things can change. So do have coaching spaces available. And if you want help with your nutrition, your health, performance, body composition, any of that good stuff. Um, and you want people who actually take an interest in this stuff holistically, i.e. looking at your sleep as well as the lifestyle factors, that is what we do. Um, so I'd encourage you to get in touch if you want access to the best online coaching that there is. Uh, anything else, Dean? That is it. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your listenership. If you found this useful, share it around. Please send it to somebody that has impaired sleep and, and needs to improve their sleep. Um, we greatly appreciate um, when you do that. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.